Paramount delivers hits to everyone, everywhere, with top shows including Survivor, SpongeBob SquarePants, the NFL on CBS, and Tyler Perry's Sisters. Paramount Plus is the fastest-growing streaming service, thanks to favorites like Star Trek Picard, Evil, and Criminal Minds Evolution. And Pluto TV is the top free streaming service globally. Popular is Paramount. See more at Paramount.com. Welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Kaylee Barber, media editor at Digiday. And I'm Tim Peterson, senior media editor at Digiday. So Tim, you had this week's episode interview, and your guest was Lee Brown, who is the VP and global head of advertising business and platform at Spotify. Curious why you wanted to have him on this week. Yeah, I mean, Spotify, big company. Um, they had reached out because, you know, Can's coming up, and so they wanted to talk about their plans with Can, which we get into a bit, um, but... You know, really just given the state of the podcast, you know, business as Sarah Guaglione uh, has been reporting on, you know, we'll take any opportunity to, you know, talk with Lee about just what he's seen with the industry. And then they also had an announcement of the Spotify ad analytics tool, uh, which they're making available now. There was a decent amount of news around Spotify in general the past, I guess, week or so. Um, Like you said, Sarah, our colleague, just covered their decision to lay off some staff and merge their podcast units in an effort to make podcasting profitable for them. Um, Did you guys talk at all about the business of podcasting and how overall audio revenue has been performing for them recently? Yep. And the uh, layoffs and what that says about the state of their podcasting ad business is my first question. So I won't spoil a lazy answer to that. All right. I'll let you guys get into it then. Thanks, Tim. Cool. Thanks, Kayla. Lee Brown, welcome to the DJI Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. Absolutely. I mean, great time to have you. We have Can coming up, which obviously big time for the industry. Um, it's, it feels like every year is a big year for the podcast ad business in general. But then also, you know, second half is coming up. I think everyone's kind of trying to figure out what the ad market's going to look like in the second half compared to how the first half has been. And then Spotify, you all. So I know... You're on the advertising side of things, not the podcast side of things, but advertising is a big component of the podcast business. We're doing this interview a day after there are some layoffs in the podcast organization and a bit of a reorg. What does that indicate about the state of Spotify's podcast advertising business? Yeah, so um, you, you want to take that first versus the preamble and how excited we are for Can and yeah. all, all the other... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's good good for us to, I think that's a good uh, setup for the rest of the conversation, just the state. Yeah, great. So, um, listen, I um, I can't speak specifically to to the action, but what I can say is, you know, certainly during, um, you know, as we entered the podcast space in 2019, in this first phase of growing podcasts, we have now become the most used audio podcast platform in most corners of the world. And also the number one podcast publisher in the U.S. So, you know, we feel like um, we're very committed to the space. We remain committed to originals. We remain committed to being the best home for creators. And as this space continues to evolve, we're evolving our strategies as well. And I think part of yesterday was that step in that new direction of our, our new strategies to become not only just a great 
publisher and consumption platform for podcasts, but a great business for podcasts as well. Got it. And then Spotify's advertising business is kind of two businesses in a way. There's, you know, advertising sold against music or the ads that run when people are listening to music on the platform, then obviously the ads that run when people are listening to podcasts on the platform. How does the ad business break down in terms of share of revenue from ads against music versus share of revenue from ads against podcasts? Yeah, I think um, our business is much more diversified than just those two. I think we, when you think about, you know, how people buy, we certainly have, you know, several methods of how people are buying via programmatic, via our own ad stack with Ad Studio, uh, via our direct sales force, et cetera. What they're buying is, you know, anything from, you know, unbelievable audio, create, uh, you know, advertising as well as video, as well as display. And we're innovating across all three. Uh, and then the type of content that they're buying against, whether it's music uh, or podcasts. So we sort of diversify across all that and offer, you know, advertisers the ability to um, engage with their audiences uh, across both. And we think the learnings that we have uh, from both enhance both, right? So we, the more we understand about the audience and their preferences and their likes and dislikes from their music tastes as well as from their podcast tastes enables us to be better at servicing advertiser performance as well as relevancy for the consumer. What share of ads run against podcasts versus music? And also I would, I would add that, you know, those businesses are at very different stages. Um, you know, the music business and the advertising in the music business for us, at least has, you know, has been well over a decade, uh, in building that. So it's got a different kind of maturation state versus podcast is still, I think in the early innings of, um, development as well as maturation. And even from the first, um, even from the first year, the growth rates, uh, have been astronomical. So we're seeing high growth within our podcast business. Um, as we're and we're seeing high growth within our with our music business, they're just at very different stages, and so we're still continuing to invest in that podcast business. You've seen us do acquisitions uh, across technology. You've seen us do acquisitions across content. Uh, you've seen us launch new um, ad advertising specific products for podcasts. We'll soon be uh, announcing, I hope today, uh, you know, our next evolution in the measurement space. And I think that's something that you know advertisers are really excited about us leading. The industry in that in that way. So does that mean a majority of ads are running against music, not podcasts? I would say that um, both are growing uh, very fast. Uh, that, that podcast is at just a different stage. And so, yes, it is a uh, majority ac across music right now, but podcast is quickly gaining uh, a higher and higher percentage of our total sales. Got it. And then do you all like provide the option for advertisers to choose whether to run against music or podcast or both? Yeah, the what advertisers are we're, we're we want to be as flexible and open for advertisers the way they want to buy and how they how they want to buy and what they want to buy, and so we are very flexible with that with 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 advertisers. We do we have done research that shows you know the increased reach you get by doing both, the increased performance you get by doing both. And advertisers are, are starting to adopt that and bring that into their planning and strategy stage. How often would you say that advertisers are, are opting for both as opposed to one or the other? I think uh, it is growing uh, considerably. I mean, since we've launched our Spotify podcast network, which is offering advertisers the ability to buy podcasts on an audience level, not just on a show level, that has you know opened up the opportunity to a lot more advertisers than were in the ecosystem before. And so part of not only bringing more audiences to these creators, 
we want to also bring more brands to the creators to help them, you know, earn a living off their work. And so since the inception of uh, Spotify ad network, the advertiser base has grown, you know, 500%. And, How many advertisers? You know, so I don't have the number right off the top. I can follow up with you after it, but they're, you know, hundreds, um, if not a thousand. Uh, I would have to go check the uh, the actual number, but it is um, growing significantly. And we're very excited about the performance of it, as well as the, the results that advertisers are getting back on it by combining both and also introducing uh, new advertisers to new shows and to new, to new audiences. How do ad prices compare between the music ads versus the podcast ads or ads running in music versus in podcast? Yeah, I think it's all around targeting. Uh, so it just really depends on like what you're looking to achieve as an advertiser. And I think, um, you know, the rate cards within uh, streaming audio, uh, you know, have not fluctuated too much in the last three to four years, I don't think. Uh, but within podcasting, we're still understanding the value for the advertiser and the performance that they're seeing on it uh, by providing better measurement, by providing better transparency, by providing better targeting. So those are all sort of products that are still early in the, the development cycle, at least in terms of the marketplace adoption. But there's something that advertisers are definitely excited about and are making a, a part of their mix. Got and I imagine the targeting options can be pretty similar in a lot of respects between the two. But then I also imagine there's opportunity to have unique targeting options, you know, be it music genre or on the podcast side, you know, genre of podcast show. How do the targeting options compare and, and really contrast? Like, what are the unique targeting options? Yeah. So one of the uh, great advantages that we have at Spotify is our first party logged in uh, user base. So, you know, the ability for us to, um, you know, combine that first party data with their listing habits, their consumption data, et cetera, it enables us to get really um, targeted and specific for advertisers. And so, you know, with podcasts, I would say you have certainly an audience layer. So similar to music, you have an audience layer as well. Uh, within podcasting, you also have a show. You can buy a show specifically. You can buy a group of shows, a genre of shows, so true crime or sports. Uh, you can buy the Ringer Network, or you can buy Bill's Pod, just Bill. And so you offer a range of opportunity and a range of options for advertisers um, to test. Some advertisers want to, you know, when we launched the Spotify ad network uh, with podcasts, it was one of those things where we thought, oh, all the podcast advertisers will love this product now. They'll be able to, you know, buy across the whole ecosystem. And it was really the, the advertisers that hadn't been in podcasting yet who had been buying audiences that was the first sort of wave of advertisers that really wanted to to test and learn and, and learn their way into podcasting. They didn't really know which show to pick. They didn't know which hosts to align with. They knew they wanted to reach their audience in this really intimate format that provides great return and great uh, engagement. And they knew they wanted to test it, but we this option, this, this technology enabled them to do that. Um, and so, you know, we have a lot of advertisers that are now mixing. Well, let me buy audience across podcasts let me also buy these two or three big shows who I now know the host and I really align with the audience and align with how he or she reads uh, for, for, my, for my brand. And then they will buy, sort of extend that and bring it into music and leverage some of the same targeting, not all, but some of the same targeting capabilities within the music genre as well. And I guess that's kind of been for a long time, the the push and pull with podcast advertising where you have some advertisers, I think maybe the majority of advertisers, at least based on the buyers that I talk to, who, who feel like, 
oh, I want to be kind of dealing directly with the podcast or I want a, you know more direct integration. I want host read ads. There's more value in that for me. I think oftentimes they see better performance from that. But then you have others who want more of the audience-based approach. One, because it's typically cheaper than doing a host read campaign. Two, then it can be more scalable because you're not limited to generally with the host red ads, it's you're limited to that show or at least that network. Like I know with the ringer, um, often you'll have, you know, hosts from different ringer shows do the host red ads in other podcasts, but still it's, you know, it'd be different if I'm listening to a completely different, um, network of podcasts. And then I hear, you know, Simmons or someone from the ringer pop up with a host red ad. How are you all kind of managing that balance or to what extent is there a way to thread the needle between the host red ads and the the audience-based approach because it feels like they are really two poles on the spectrum yeah i i'm super excited about the future of creativity especially within audio uh and especially within pods i think there's a lot of innovation uh to unlock i think there's a lot of capabilities to scale and i think advertisers are going to expect it and i think uh creators will want it like so for us to remain flexible for the advertiser to ensure that they, you know, we have the offering of products that they would like to engage with, um, as well as, you know, have the performance of those products be something that are, you know, impactful to their business. And also for creators to make sure that we are doing, you know, some creators don't want to do host reads. Some creators don't want to do that. They, they want to report or they want to, you know, do their show and they don't want to do host. Some creators love doing host reads and are fantastic at it and are amazing at it. And have so much passion and so much flair for it. So, you know, servicing both of those ends of the spectrum, I think, is what you're seeing in the marketplace from the polls. That you have some, you know, some creators that don't want to do it, some creators that love doing it, some advertisers that want to buy uh, hosts, some advertisers that just want to buy audiences. And so we want to make sure that we're providing the right services, the right products for each of those constituents uh, in, in the ecosystem. And I think, you know, from a creative standpoint, you know, there's a lot uh, that we could be doing to, you know, provide better scale, better technology, better uh, tools for hosts to, you know, for us to do scaled host reads, for us to offer, you know, podcasters the ability to do host reads at scale. So I'm excited about sort of discovering and innovating in that creative space uh, in the years ahead. And Bill Simmons seemed to tip his hand towards that in a recent interview where he talked about Spotify using, you know, AI or, you know, the potential for Spotify to use AI to, you know, kind of create the host red ads. What's going on there? Well, you know, um, we are, you know, always testing. We're always learning. We're very careful about the technology and we're very careful about, um, you know, understanding the impact of it as well as understanding the, the performance of it. And I think we're still early stages of developing out, you know, the long-term strategy I think we're testing across several different uh, vectors uh, within that space, whether it's, you know, automating uh, translation, whether it's automating sort of script writing, uh, whether it's automating, but like, you know, the creative process I think is still early in understanding the performance and understanding the, the capabilities that the format can offer. And we're just excited and uh, passionate about exploring all of them. So does that mean you're actively testing generative AI for ads? Well, we're actively um, testing with our AI DJ. Um, I would say we're not actively testing it right now with any advertiser um, right now. Um, but we are, you know, that's something that uh, I'm incredibly passionate about and excited about what 
how AI can bring uh, more scale and uh, improve creativity. Um, I think we're still lever- you know, trying to understand the technology and what it can, what it can do to improve that. Got it. Can you talk more about how you're testing that with the AI DJ? And then also, because I know the AI DJ is still rolling out, like I don't have it yet on my Spotify, like what that is, because that's that was only announced a couple months ago. Oh, it's it's one of the coolest things. I love it. It is um, still early in the beta release. Um, and we use, uh, uh, we've trained the model on X's voice, who's an employee here at Spotify, who's just fantastic. And um it, the way I like to, to describe it is it's like the voice of our algorithm. It's, you know, telling, it's informing the consumer why they're about to listen to the, the, the next track, why we think it's a great uh, discovery or a great personaliz- personalized track for you. And so it's a mix of sort of like, you know, an old world DJ, uh, you know, bringing the context of like, oh, did you know this band was in the top five touring bands in the history of, you know, the 80s or the 90s? Or it's saying, "Hey, we thought you would like this new Taylor song because you know she's on tour now, and you know you're you're in the top five percent listeners of Taylor Swift." So like, it's bringing that context and that relevancy to the experience, and it is uh, it's unbelievable when you hear it and it's personalized to your experience, just like all Spotify. So you know we have a half a billion listeners on our platform that are spending close to two and a half hours a day with us, and they come because of that personalization. And that discovery, they come to listen to their famous favorite artists. They come to be informed by their you know favorite podcasters. They come to you know read their favorite books, um, and so you know they come to find their favorite brands. Um, and so you know as we as we think about that, you know that AI DJ is a very intimate and very personal experience within that uh, within that environment that we're excited about. So in addition to the AI DJ saying, "Hey, you might you know want to check out this new Taylor Swift song," they may also say. You might want to check out this car that just launched. Oh no, no! I was just talking about the right now. It is on the on the content consumption experience. Uh, in the future, you know, who knows uh, how this evolves? And you know, I'm excited about any of those possibilities. Us understanding more. Got it. So, with the generative AI capabilities, like to what extent is that going to be part of the conversations you and your team are having with advertisers and agencies during Can? Because I imagine generative AI is going to be one of the more common topics during Can this year. I think it will be. I think it will be a, a very hot topic. I think it's a, right now we're at the education stage, and we're really at the understanding stage. And so, I think most of the discussions, at least from from my perspective and from our team, will be around understanding the technology and what uh, are potential use cases that would be interesting for the advertising business. And so that's where I think we are in the in the life cycle of it. I think there's a lot of uh, ideas out there and there's a lot uh, to, to still understand and still track down. So not yet pitching AI or Chamberlain for host red ads? No. So it sounds like you will be pitching uh, Spotify ad analytics, which is this new measurement platform that you all um, are announcing, I think the same day this episode comes out. So Spotify ad analytics, can you kind of walk me through what all that is going to be reporting for advertisers? Yeah, I mean, it is a, um, you know, advertisers believe in the power of streaming digital, uh, streaming audio. Um, but you know, they need these measurement solutions that justify these investments. And so, you know, from the investments that we've made and the acquisitions that we've made specifically with, with pod sites, uh, and with chartable, 
we're using those as sort of the anchor and the the, the basis of launching uh, our you know global Spotify ad analytics. And it's you know the biggest you know takeaways are you know it's across you know taking the um, incredible understanding that we have from pod sites and extending it beyond just pods, bring it to music, bringing it uh, to to all regions, and enabling it for free, and giving that service to advertisers to let them have better understanding, better depth of insights against how their campaigns are performing, not only on Spotify but you know anywhere their audio is running, with you know the opportunity to introduce the you know Spotify Pixel to help them in one dashboard track all of their audio uh, and all of their um, ad, ad analytics against audio in one place. And so we're incredibly excited about that as a quick follow-up to you know what we've brought in with uh, our Spotify brand Lyft uh, recently that we've announced that will also feed into this dashboard. So it's a, a great place for advertisers to um, go in a centralized location and get all their analytics from their audio. And so within Spotify analytics, will advertisers be able to see ad delivery breakdowns by individual podcast show, by individual artist, or even song that may get too granular, but how detailed are the delivery reports going to be? Yeah, we want to be as detailed as we can. Uh, and so I think you'll see us, you know, as we step through, um, you know, enhancing uh, the, the analytics platform, we will get as granular as we can over time. Will show level reporting be part of that at launch? I think it will be a, re- uh, a part of it at launch. Okay, okay. Because I imagine that would be knowing from like the TV and streaming side of things. Well, yeah, advertiser, advertisers want to know uh, the performance uh, against, against uh, the audience as well as against the content. Got it. And yeah, on the audience side of things, like what are the analytics that advertisers will be able to see about you know who is the, or who's hearing their ads? Yeah, I think we'll go much deeper on, uh, you know, informing the advertisers about their audience, uh, not just age, gender, geo, et cetera, but really, you know, the interests and really, you know, their listening habits and like a lot more rich, granular, insightful data that we can bring to the to the advertiser um, insights tool. So that's something that we're excited about. Got it. And then you mentioned Spotify Pixel. So is that a tracking pixel advertiser puts on their site to be able to see, oh, to be able to connect someone who visited their site with someone who may have heard their ad on Spotify? Yeah, we're, you know, we're integrating that access to attribution and conversions reporting via the Spotify Pixel. So this allows advertisers to understand if consumers heard an ad and then took an action, regardless of where they're, you know, running their audio campaign. Okay. So that's and something we're really excited about. I think it's a first. Yeah. Is, so how long has the Spotify Pixel been available? So this we're launching it with the, with this launch. Got it. Okay. I imagine there's been a testing period with that. I don't know to what extent you've had advertisers or agencies be part of that test. But if so, what have been the takeaways? How's this product and the Pixel and the analytics tool developed? Yeah, we've, uh, we've had several test partners, uh, including Grammarly and Shopify. Uh, and we've seen good success and we're excited about it. So this is like an analytics platform, which I imagine is welcomed by advertisers and agencies, but it's also a platform provided analytics platform. And I think there's always um, some hesitation among advertisers and you already know what I'm going to ask. I know. Of Well, we like third-party you know, measurement and analytics. We like verified measurement, independently verified. What's Spotify doing on that front? We, we agree. We believe in supporting both a, third part, a first party uh, ad measurement uh, analytics platform as well as third party. 
So, you know, we're, we're continuing to um, do our, you know, relationships with Nielsen and Comscore and Mode and, you know, all, all the uh, verification partners and all the measurement partners that the advertisers are, um, you know, asking us for. So we're continuing to support the third party as well as innovating on first party and offering it for free. And so, you know, this is, you know, not something that we're, we're asking advertisers to pay for. We're just asking them to, um, you know, we're, we're enabling them to get more insights and more data from Spotify and their campaigns. And they can use it as an adjacent to their third party or they can use it as instead. And then Spotify ad analytics. So announcing that June 13th, is that going to be available to all advertisers day one? Is there a rollout period? Yeah. So, you know, advertisers can access the platform in 10 markets initially. Uh, Those markets are Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Mexico, New Zealand, Spain, the UK, and the US. I had to make sure to get all those in. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, those are like the major markets, I think, for especially on the podcast advertising front, if I remember right from, I think it was the Q1 2023 earnings call. Um, there was, you know, talk about kind of the opportunity to grow sales capabilities in Europe and rest of world, which kind of by implication, you know, indicated that, North America and in parts of Europe are where like there is a lot of the maturation with that business right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, consumers all over the world um, are um, tuning into podcasts in every corner. So we we see good opportunity uh, in all these markets. I mean, if you look at what happened on the music side of the business, uh, you know, some of the top artists globally now are out of Latin America and driving you know driving that um, driving that. Uh, innovation and that, um, you know, consumption globally. So we see that consumption is not no longer limited to just geography. So it's not like there's just this content in this market and that's it. The, the global consumption is here and it's happening now. Now we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Paramount is behind some of today's most popular content from Yellow Jackets to the most watched show on TV, Yellowstone. It's home to big sport events like UEFA, Champions League, hot dramas like Fire Country and Fatal Attraction, iconic reality franchises like RuPaul's Drag Race, and fan favorites like The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and Ghosts. Popular is Paramount. See more at Paramount.com. Going back to Spotify ad analytics, so I know like with podcast with the ad pods multiple advertisers can appear in a pod different brands i don't know to what extent that's the case for music because i've been a spotify subscriber since 2011 i've never listened to ads on spotify until you all started inserting them into podcasts which it's a whole different conversation but within spotify ad analytics to what extent will there be any reporting for brands to know what other brands their ads appeared next to in a pod Oh, I don't think that is planned at launch. Uh, and I don't, I would have to go back and check the roadmap on that. Uh, that's um, certainly as we think about um, from a creator perspective, aligning the right brands with that audience and ensuring that uh, it resonates with that audience. We are all about making sure that we have the relevant advertiser for that relevant audience. And so that's sort of on both of our sides from a creator perspective as well as from a platform perspective making sure that we provide the best user experience. Um, and so that's something that I think, you know, we are very intentional about and how we think about, you know, serving um, within those environments. 
but I don't think it's planned for at launch. I, I can get back to you after that. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, another thing I was wondering about talking about the, um, span the audience network is there isn't any competitive separation available for advertisers there for Ford to be able to say, look, I don't want to, you know, run in the same podcast as Toyota um, or for a podcast publisher to say, look, we have this host read ad with Walmart. Can we make sure that, you know, Amazon isn't running, you know, through span in that podcast? Why isn't competitive separation available? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, the opportunity to buy audiences at scale across um, all these podcasts. And so that would be, um, I think, very difficult to manage on all sides uh, in terms of in introducing even more complexity into you know a podcast ecosystem that we're trying to simplify and we're trying to make easier for consumers to find their, their, their favorite podcasts, trying to make it easier for podcasters to earn a, you know, a, a living off of their work and trying to make it much easier for advertisers to buy into that ecosystem and have measurable results, have the right targeting, have the right tracking, et cetera. So I think that, you know, the, the, the complexity that is uh, inherent in that, I think is something that would probably um, not be worth it for any of those constituents. But I imagine the opposite argument could be made. Like, you know, Bloomberg, sure. Ashley, I think it was Ashley Carmen who reported on um, that detail, you know, within SPAN. And, you know, the she talked to, I believe, some podcast publishers who said, Look, not having the competitive separation in spans a problem for us because if we do a host red ad with one advertiser and then one of the competitors ends up airing in that podcast, that uh, you know their direct advertisers are going to come to them and saying you owe us a make good or we're not going to advertise with you anymore because you couldn't keep us away from our competitors. She's saying that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, um, I mean, at so least one of the podcast publishers said to her. Yeah, so it's, you know, just the expectations of the advertiser as well as the expectations of the creator need to make sure that we're aligned there and that we're servicing it correctly. And so that's sort of our focus is making sure that we have both of their interests, that we provide as much flexi flexibility and as much opportunity for them to um, reach their audience and have their performance they're looking for, as well as for the creator to have the relevant brands that are associated with his or her audience in the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. But without having that competitive separation, like how can you arrive at that with the podcast creators as well as the advertisers? Because it seems like the most direct way to go about it would be to offer competitive separation. So without competitive separation, it seems I'm having a hard time understanding how that could be, those situations could be avoided. Yeah. And I'm not taking it off the table forever. I'm just saying as we're in the early stages of growing uh, the podcast advertising business globally. Um, that's something that, you know, certainly is, could be an option in the future, but certainly not something I, that, that was not first priority was making sure that we could get audiences at scale for as many podcast creators as we could uh, into that and introduce as many advertisers to these, these shows as we could. So on that front, so the, you know, priorities have been growing that podcast audience, growing the number of podcasts available on the platform, growing the number of advertisers, you know, buying, and you've been doing all that. What's the current priority when it comes to the podcast advertising business? Yeah. So, um, we are looking at, um, certainly global and making sure that, you know, as we're introducing these capabilities and launching these, uh, products in, you know, EMEA, I'm here in London today, uh, and certainly, you know, bringing these capabilities and these products to new markets 
is certainly one of the um, one of the key priorities. Uh, the second is ensuring that we're continuing to innovate on the format and providing better measurement capabilities and better creative tooling and services is something that's certainly top of mind and uh, a top priority for me. And then also providing the right creator tools so that we can have the right creator tools and then continue to innovate, making it easier for podcasters to create their work, distribute their work, and monetize their work. Got Are you in London in part to acclimate yourself for the time zone with can coming up in the long days that are coming for you um i i wish i have uh you know one of the joys of my job and one of the uh the, the true benefits is being able to go to a lot of these markets talk to marketers talk talk to our team understand the challenges globally and so this is just sort of a, a regular market trip that i have planned i'm actually going back to new york on friday and then coming back to can i guess the following uh, the following saturday Okay. I guess that's what happens when you you work for a European based company. A lot of hopping across the pond. What you know? Speaking of, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in JPEG, and I've been spending a lot of time in uh, EMEA, um, as well as in uh, Latin America or South America as well. So I'm really excited about the businesses that we're building there, the investments that we're making, and some of the uh, the early results that we're seeing there. Got it. And so what are you hearing like in these meetings with advertisers and agencies and, and what do you expect to be kind of the, the dominant topics of conversations during CAN? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, CAN will be focused in on sort of the second half and heading into 2024. I think a lot of platforms and a lot of advertisers will be very glad to be done with the first half uh, and see about what the operating environment looks like. We've had a lot going on in the world, uh, across <laughs> across the globe, and I think everybody, I think, will be coming to Cannes with a renewed excitement about the the possibilities and the opportunities in the second half, and how we think about structuring these relationships and these opportunities as we head into twenty twenty four. What's your visibility into how the ad business, how you expect it to perform in the second half? Because revenue visibility has been a challenge, I think, for everyone on the sales side for. Definitely the past year. Yeah, I think uh, flexibility remains, you know, the biggest word I keep hearing with, you know, the CEOs of agencies and CMOs that were that I engage with. Uh, you know, the the timeline of execution has shrunk considerably. Where we used to be, you know, fully planned out with a certain brand or a certain agency through at least the end of Q three or the end of Q four, we're just now starting to like see the visibility into Q three. And so that's, um, you know, that's, that shortness of execution uh, is certainly providing, you know, less visibility to, to the industry. Um, that's one. I think for us, we are continuing to outpace. I think, uh, you know, our Q1 results were 17% year over year up, uh, which is certainly, you know, higher than uh, some of the competitors that I'm looking at and that I'm tracking. And so, you know, we're encouraged and excited by some of the performance that we're seeing in our business because of the investments we've made because of the execution that we've we've implemented. So we're encouraged by that, but I'm I'm hopeful based on my conversations with marketers and agencies that we get a little bit more visibility and we get a little bit more um, you know action and excitement in the second half as in, as we plan for 2024. And everybody seems to be operating in this environment of like this is the new normal. This is no longer like this is just the world we live in, mm -hmm. and we've got to continue to execute and we got to get continue to grow our businesses and um, be in the marketplace. 
in a visible way. And so I think more and more, I mean, two years ago, three years ago, I think uh, these last two or three years have really provided marketers that ability to adapt and um, understand that this is, you know, the normal going forward. And I think for folks on the digital side, just like, this has been our normal. Like, <laughs> welcome to the party, everyone. I guess um, I, I joined the party in 98, I think it was. Right? And it's been yeah. 25 years of of this uh, for, for, for a while. So I'm excited. Yeah. And as you mentioned, like Q1 for Spotify's ad revenue was up year over year. Um, the inventory was up pricing was up, but there was um, what I think it was the CFO described as very modest underperformance in advertising. I think he said it was 15 to 20 million euros behind. What was the softness or the source of that softness? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just really aggressive in our expectations and that we are uh, of our performance. We wanted to achieve and we had great growth. We outpaced the market. We um, had growth in uh, all segments of our business. Um, and so there's not one thing that was, you know, soft or weak. It was just, we, we, we expected and we wanted more, uh, from the business. And, you know, it was very, and when you look at the size of the number and you look at, uh, the visibility that we provided, I think it was pretty accurate. And then, you know, Spotify has, you know, said that it hopes to eventually get advertising revenue to represent 20% of overall revenue. It's kind of plateaued, you know, between 10 to 14% since like the fourth quarter of 2021. What needs to happen to close that gap to get to that 20%? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we are, uh, we were so excited to cross the, the billion euro or dollar depends on which which you want to report on and depends um, on exchange rates yeah, yeah. uh the billion uh the the billion dollar you know digital pure play digital ad platforms so it's there are very few that have crossed that uh threshold and so we're excited by that milestone and we see great momentum and great progress to you know doing much more than that um when i joined 4 years ago we were just under you know 6 so while you say it's plateaued it's actually you know, gone up considerably in the last few years. And we're continuing to make investments to ensure that it does as well. So I'm excited by the investments we're making in our advertising stack. I think that's, you know, one of the places that we're um, finding great success in terms of launching new capabilities and new opportunities for our self-serve uh, business, uh, which includes, you know, uh, being able to have click optimization as sort of a lower funnel metric. We introduced uh, CTA cards last year, which is bringing a little bit more uh, display surfaces within within the app to enable advertisers not to have to, you know, use long URLs, custom URLs for for podcasts. You could just go back to the episode sh show page and you know see the display card and see who the advertiser was and make sure to click through uh, and get more information. It's also interesting to note to pause on that, you know, so we're one of the few environments where you can actually go and engage deeply with an advertiser while you're still listening to the content of the platform. And so it enables, you know, it doesn't interrupt your platform experience. If you're looking, I've been <laughs> doing a lot of searching for linen shirts here lately, uh, just because <laughs> of what's coming up. And, you know, you're able to go deep dive across, you know, all these different, you know, brands and 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 opportunities without, you know, disrupt interrupting your, your podcast listening experience or your music listening experience. So, that's a, a unique thing that we're, you know, leaning into a little bit more. But, you know, within the, um, we're also innovating across our podcast ad tech. So, you know, we launched streaming ad insertion, you know, two years ago. We're continuing to make 
updates uh, across, you know, launching Spotify ad network. Uh, we just recently launched broadcast to podcast, which, you know, takes advantage and leverages the acquisition we made with, with Wushka to, you know, provide, make it easy for broad, broadcast publishers to turn their existing audio content into on-demand podcast content uh, within Megaphone. Um, and so, you know, we're also, you know, there's a lot that we have going on within the advertising business um, to, you know, ensure that we're re reaching the goals of, you know, the 20% aspiration, which I'm incredibly excited about. Speaking of, you know, the ad tech side of things, I think it was last year in your pre-can interview with Marketing Brew, um, where you said that, like, for, I think it was podcast ads specifically, that they were still mostly direct sold at, and that you were in the process of automating that. Where do things stand when it comes to programmatic sales at the moment? Yeah, so we, we have opened up uh, channels of programmatic sales within, uh, within podcasts. We've also um, added it to our Ad Studio self-serve platform. And so we are um, bringing that, that opportunity for advertisers to you know, purchase podcasts through that channel as well. And I think we have um, a lot more to bring out here in the near future. Are you open to third-party DSPs then? Well, lastly, before before we get, um, you know, when you know we spent a lot of time earlier in the in the show talking about Spotify and ad analytics, but that is like I think key to getting to that twenty percent, making sure that we're providing the right data, the right measurement, the right insights uh, for recall or for attribution uh, is going to help all audio, but specifically Spotify. And we're excited about that investment really helping us, you know, get to that 20% aspiration. And then on the programmatic side, is that through third-party DSPs? Or is Spotify open to third-party DSPs? Yeah, we are. Are you building or have plans to build your own DSP? Uh, no, not at this. Not, I mean, we'll, we'll, I think focusing through like API integrations, focusing through, uh, you know, again, in the spirit of being flexible for advertisers and how they want to buy and how they want to, uh, interact with the audiences on our platforms we're going to be try we're going to try to be as flexible as we can uh when it for the advertiser got it i know anytime api integrations comes up we're in the deep end of the interview uh, lee before i let you go any you know big expectations for you heading into can or, or you know what you expect to be um the big topics coming out of can this year yeah i um i'm ex i'm super excited about uh i think it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, it is a great opportunity that the industry comes together. It's a great opportunity to have um, what seem like informal chats, but are very impactful uh, on relationships as well as on deals. And I find it extremely productive uh, in that environment where you're able to sit with marketers. We very, we, we rarely, if ever, have a TV monitor anywhere on our Spotify beach, just because we want to make sure that it's more discussion-based and it's more strategy based and it's, uh, you know, a, more of a discussion than it is any kind of presentation. But, um, you know, the beach, I don't know. Have you been, have you, were you there last no, year? Can, can is not my scene. I'm more of a CES guy. Oh, nice. That's, that makes sense. You know, we've got interactive experiences on our beach this year that are things like songs of summer soundscape. Uh, we've got an FC Barcelona partner zone, which I think, uh, you know, visitors will get, uh, will, will have a lot of fun with. And we also have an AI DJ interactive experience where, you know, consumers and advertisers will be able to play around and learn a little bit more about the AI DJ. We also have our Spotify studio, which is a podcast studio that we set up uh, on the right off the Crissette. So as everybody's walking down the Crissette, they'll be, and it's fully packed with advertisers, agencies, 
uh, press. Uh, it's been, you know, sold out and packed uh, as we head into it. So you'll see a lot of familiar faces recording at Spotify Beach uh, this year at Cannes. Um, we're also looking at a masterclass, uh, an exclusive opportunity to hear from, you know, Daniel Ect, our, our founder and CEO, uh, brand partners like Coca-Cola and Samsung uh, will be, you know, presenting there as part of these masterclasses. And, uh, you know, we'll be, you know, showcasing and, uh, and you know, having conversations with creators, uh, including like Trevor Noah, uh, Issa Rae, Alex Cooper, and Emma Chamberlain. So I think we got a great lineup of a mix of like play, interactive experiences, as well as like masterclasses and like really going deep on education and going deep on, uh, you know, bringing audio to the forefront of, of marketers' minds. And so um, that's sort of what we got planned. And I couldn't be more excited to to see everybody there this year. Awesome. Sounds like a lot going on over at Spotify. Lee, appreciate you carving out some time to talk to me. Tim, as always, thank you. And thank you for listening to the Digiday podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like. And we'll be back next week with another episode.